This is our real life series. We did all of this last year and we're continuing on uh, this year. Just as kind of the banner, this is the overarching uh, topic that we're putting under real life. And uh, by that, we're wanting to teach from the Word of God. You might could, could even call it group counseling almost, because we're going to be talking about real life issues. Uh, and what does the Bible say? And what do we do about this? And remember, please, that, that there are essentially two goals to this. First of all, that you would be helped. Okay? So never come to church and deny, I don't have any problems, I'm all good, you know, uh, because that's not the truth. And we may or may not on a particular Wednesday night hit something that you're directly dealing with, but I think we're probably going to land pretty close. But beyond that is not just to help you. The second thing is also this, is to help you to help others. It's so that you would be equipped and informed uh, not only to be able to receive help yourself, but also you have friends, you have family members that need uh, to know truth, and we've got to pass that truth on. Amen? Now, uh, last week I began teaching on uh, avoiding error, and I'm not going to go back and review everything there. However, I'm going to uh, kind of transition some things here tonight. Um, error, let's go ahead and define it real quick. An error is a mistake. It's a miscalculation. It's a deviation. It's you drift on something and ultimately you end up wrong. Intentionally or unintentionally. Now listen to this. Intentionally or unintentionally, it still counts. And there are still consequences. You know, if you're mowing your neighbor's yard and you unintentionally mow over their flowers. How many of you know their flowers are still mowed over? Okay. Or if you've ever done this, and I, and I, I try to be so careful with this, uh, if you're sending somebody a text or an email and you send it to the wrong person. Has anybody ever done that? I'm just curious. Come on. Okay. And then we do, oh, oh, no. Just told my boss I love him. You know. Or whatever it would be. It still counts. It still has consequences. And what was it? Uh, that was an error. So you, you send another message right away. That, that was an error. Um, we're familiar with the term error as far as baseball. You know, no runs, no hits, no errors. Um, and I always hated when there was an error on me. You know, if you were playing baseball. In math, how many of you have ever made a, an error in, in math? And uh, just, just a little reminder here, tax season is upon us, you know, so, so uh, double check your figures there. Uh, in driving, uh, perhaps you've made an error. Uh, do you remember the movie, It's a Wonderful Life? Okay, do you remember the pharmacist made an error? And, and that could have grave consequences, seriously. It still counts. And so what we want to do is to avoid error. We, we have to at all costs avoid error and be careful with this. It's best to be right. I'll say it again. It's best to be right. It's always better to be right. Think about it. In, in, a, in every realm of life, you get a better grade when you're right. You have a better trip when you're right. You get better results when you're right. Now let me talk about this regarding relationships and especially marriages, okay? Okay. Um, it's almost better sometimes to just handle it right than to insist on being right. Did you get the difference there? 
Because sometimes we're just so intent on being right. Uh, a lot of times we're better off. I know I'm right. <laughs> Do you ever feel that way? Have you ever, come on, let's just a little side note here. Alicia's not watching, I hope. Um, but my youngest has uh, been out of school a couple of days, not feeling good, so she, she's home there. But have, haven't you ever before been in a discussion and you totally know you're right? Come on, what are y'all all locked up about? You know you're right, and you know what? They probably know they're right. All right, let me, let me get a little more, make you a little more vulnerable too. How many of you have ever been in the discussion and you're well into it and you know you're wrong now? What do you do? Want some ice cream? You know? But anyway, that was just a side note there. It's best, it's always better to be, to be right, to be right. And don't try to see how close you can be, you can come to being wrong. You know, sometimes we use our liberty as an occasion to stumble. And sometimes in our liberty in Christ, I get concerned that some people want to see how close they can get to being wrong without being wrong. Why would you even flirt with what would bind you? You know, it's a very important thing. Now, when we talk about error, let's, let's go ahead and talk about something here, and I'll use the little chart here. What you believe, your beliefs, governs your life. What you believe, so go ahead and say this, what I believe, what I believe. governs my life. <laughs> and that plays out in our life in three ways, and I hope I left myself enough room here. It plays out in your thoughts. It plays out in your words. And it plays out in your actions. So think about this for a moment. My beliefs, go ahead and say it again. My beliefs. Okay, here's how you know what you really believe, okay? It's going to show up in your thoughts, in your words, in your actions. And there will be consequences always from thoughts, words, and actions. And that all works together. And so this, listen, if what I believe governs my life, then it would be important to be right concerning what I believe. Are you hearing me? It's super important that we avoid error concerning what we believe. Because what we believe is going to govern our life. It's going to control our thoughts, our words, our actions, and we're going to have consequences all over our life. So we would, do, we would do well. We would really be worth our while to do our best to make sure that what we believe is right. Okay? Now, let's go a little bit further. We cannot afford to be wrong about some things. You know, there are some things you can just, you can just not afford to be wrong about. And we want to really limit the amount of error that we have in our life anyway. And especially we're coming from the aspect here of what we believe because that impacts our life. And then guess what? What is afterlife then? Afterlife. We have an eternity. Uh, there are some things you cannot afford to be wrong about. Okay, I thought we were going to be reincarnated. I thought it was just over, lights out, and we just turned to dust, you know. And you, 
Lights out nothing, as we'll talk in a moment. You're going to see the brightest lights you ever saw. You know? And uh, anyway, we can't afford to be wrong about some things. The Apostle Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. How many of you love the Bible? About a third of you. Thank you, bro. About a third of you. No, I know you do. And I ask questions and I have you repeat things to prod you and keep you just locked right on there, okay? Uh, there's, There's a method behind my madness. 2 Corinthians 11, 3, Paul said this, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ. So Paul feared. He, he directly said that in the Greek it's phobias. It's like phobia. God, uh, it's, it's a fear that Paul had that just like Eve was deceived, that we would get deceived. And so this is a real concern. This is something we have to be careful of because, again, an error is a mistake, okay? But when you have an enemy of your soul, he wants to help you make mistakes, He wants to help you make those mistakes. So Paul feared that Satan would deceive us in the same way that he deceived Eve. Does anybody remember from last week, how did Satan deceive Eve? Words. Words. And what he did was he took the words that they had already based what they believed. Whose words were those? Those were God's words. And then Satan comes along and said, did God really say that? He didn't really mean that. And what did he do with his words? He came to kind of corrupt their minds concerning uh, what God had said. So again, it's words very involved. So what did it do? It impacted their beliefs, which played out in their thoughts, which played out in their words, which played out in their actions, and they were in error, and and that left us with consequence, great consequence that we're still still dealing with in the earth today. All right. So... How can we avoid error? I hopefully am going to share three different ways tonight to avoid error. And the first one here is to ask questions. Ask questions. Ask yourself questions. Um, A number of years ago, I um, was doing a lot of travel, and some of it was um, international. And I'd actually gone to... Sweden, and then I taught in a Bible school there, and then I was going to Estonia. And Estonia had just come in, had just gotten their independence from Russia. And um, matter of fact, the uh, directors of the Estonian school, and they pastor over there, um, we were corresponding yesterday and today, and they're going to be with us in May for a few days, and they'll be in service. Barry and Brenda Mitchell, precious people, doing a great work over there. But I'm leaving Sweden. I'm in Stockholm, Sweden in the airport. And um, I'm needing to get to, uh, to this other airlines to fly to Estonia, to Tallinn, Estonia. And um, it's cold. It's very cold. It's a pretty modern airport there in Stockholm. And so I get off of my plane. I have all my stuff and my bags and everything. And they were heavy. And... Um, I went to a a little counter and I said, do you speak English? And the lady said, oh, yes. And I said, "Uh, how do I get to Air Estonia? 
And she said, go out here, get on the bus. Second stop. So I went out there and I got on a bus. And the guy's charging me money. And so I thought, well, okay. So I paid some money. I sit on the bus. And I'm waiting for the second stop. And the airport is slowly going off in the, in the distance. And I go, oh, ah, I'm on the other side of the world. So I asked some of the people around me. I said, speak English? Yes. I said, where are we going? And they told me where we were going. It's like, well, that's not where I'm going. And I had asked the bus driver when I got on too. I failed to tell you this part. I said, does this bus take me to Air Estonia? Yes. So I ran up front and, and I said, stop, stop, stop the bus. He stops, he looks at me and I start talking to him. And he, no English. And so there was a gentleman there and so he helped me and, and he's driver through him. And he said, well, we can't turn around. I mean, you know, it's best to ask a whole lot of questions here, okay? So... I just got off the bus. I got off the bus and I'm about a mile. I can see across the frozen tundra. So I just drug my stuff freezing through, through this thing and got back there. And I went back and I took my time and I asked better questions. I had people repeat things back to me and not go, yes, English, yes. Y'all with me? To avoid error, ask questions and ask yourself questions. You need to, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in a moment, you need to ask yourself, take some time, ask yourself, ask some others, get some answers to some things. Because, and I shared part of this last week, one of the big problems about being a believer is we've decided that we're going to believe. And consequently, if you don't have discernment and some other guardrails going with that, then you will be gullible and naive and vulnerable. And because of that, the enemy and other people can take advantage of you. And I will tell you, and I, and I will warn you, a lot of people see Christians as an easy mark to sell something on, to pull some scam on, to do whatever. And we need to be harmless as doves, wise as a serpent, cunning, sharp. What does that mean, wise as a serpent? We know when to strike and we know when to lay low. We know when to move. We, we're watching everything. We know what's going on. And you need to be wise as a serpent, harmless, harmless as a dove. And the Holy Spirit will help you. But you better help yourself too. We can't just walk around holding hands with two other people singing kumbaya and expect, it, and expect we're going to make it all the way through life. Toughen up, folks. Sharpen up. Be wise. Ask questions. And, and you know, a good place to start asking questions, ask yourself. What did they say? What does that mean? Instead of just doing this. Uh-huh. Sometimes I watch on Christian television, everybody just bobs their head. Do y'all ever see that? I don't even like to watch Christian television much. I'll just be real honest with you. But, but a lot of times, and somebody's talking, and sometimes they're saying stuff. It's like, that's not in the Bible. And they're just going, 
Don't be a bobblehead, okay? Just, just don't, don't do this. Get, get some smarts about this and ask questions. Be informed, be discerning, be careful, and, and, and you ready for this? And be connected. You need to have people in your life that you can ask things. You really do. And, and as we've learned before, uh, if you're the smartest one in your group, you need a new group. Okay, you've always got to have some people that know a little more than you. Always, okay? It's important. But ask yourself questions. Now, I said that because we're believers, one of the problems is because we've just decided that we're going to believe, we end up sometimes being gullible. Gullible. And the definition of gullible is this. Too quick to believe. Too quick to believe. You just right away believe something and believe people. It also means to be too trusting or to be naive. I want you to notice that. Too quick to believe. Too quick to believe. I learned this. Haste makes waste. Haste makes waste. And typically, I notice in my life, I notice in a lot of other people's lives, most things that you do in haste, you end up somehow regretting. You should never marry somebody the same day you meet them. I don't care if you believe in love at first sight. Wait till second sight, okay? Haste makes waste. And typically anything that we would do. How many of you have ever said or done something in haste? And typically it does not work well for you. You know, and we don't have time to read the situation. We just rush in and, you know, we're angry or we're this or we're that or whatever, you know. And, and we need to just slow down concerning some things. Paul, or excuse me, Paul. David said this in Psalm 31, 22. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications when I cried out to you. There was a time where David was down, David was in need, and in his haste, he said, God doesn't hear me, God doesn't see me. And how many of you know that God does see you and God does hear you? And he said, I said that in my haste, and that's a wrong thing. So understand this, the devil will rush you and the devil will push you. If you're feeling rushed about something, if you're feeling pushed about something, let me tell you something, the devil is in the details of that. The Holy Spirit will lead you and the Holy Spirit will guide you. But the devil will rush you and the devil will push you. So a second way to avoid error, you ready for this? Slow down, slow down. Take some time. And by that I mean this. Allow for some cycles. Allow for your emotions to cycle. I I know we've talked about this in recent months, but let me bring this back up again too. How many of you have ever felt pretty good about something when you went to bed? And then you wake up the next morning and it's like, no! You know? I think all of us have done that. Did Did I explain that right? You know, that, yeah, we're going to do this. And then you wait just a little bit and it's like, oh no, this is the worst idea I've ever came up with. And so you've got to allow your emotions to cycle. You've got to allow for some thought. You've got to allow some time to pray. And prayer is not you just throwing something up. Prayer is communication. 
I'd like to hear back. Okay? And, and uh, allow time for clarity in your spirit, clarity in your thoughts. God will bring you clarity. He, he will help you. God will help you. The spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth. Get this. If he will guide you into all truth, then I think the inverse is true. He will guide you out of all error. And so we need to allow the Holy Spirit. Listen, he's not in a rush. He knows the whole deal. He knows where to step and where not to step. He knows what's hiding behind that bush and behind that rock. And we need to be led, led, led by the Spirit and not pushed, pushed, pushed by the devil. And you also need to seek counsel and safe, uh, counsel on some things. There's safety in counsel. Let me give you a couple verses. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 24, 6, for by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And so it's just important to stay safe, to stay out of error. Listen to me, church. It's going to save you a whole lot of time, money, aggravation, and everything else. Slow down. Take your time. Don't let anybody push you. Don't let anybody rush you, especially on important decisions about things. And, and uh, it, it is worth just slowing down just a little bit. And I'm telling you, God will help you there. In the rush, sometimes you will violate peace. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You violate your peace. All of us have probably done something, agreed to something, or whatever that we realize, you know, I don't have peace about this, but I went ahead and did it. Or as soon as you did something, went to something, agreed to something, you realize, uh, have you ever done that? Let me tell you, that is so valuable, so precious. That is like the main gauge you need to watch. Because the Holy Spirit leads us. The number one, he, one of the number one ways he does that is through peace. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Are you all hearing me tonight? It says, and let the peace of God rule in your heart to which you are also called in one body and be thankful. In the Amplified Bible, and I didn't bring that up tonight, but in the Amplified Bible, it says, let peace rule, act as umpire continually, deciding and settling all questions with finality. So the umpire gets to make the call. My stepdad, he comes first service on Sundays. He umpired Little League Baseball for almost 30 years. And this was old school. You hustled out, you hustled back. You run out to your position, you run back. You keep your shirt tucked in. You throw your helmet, glove, or a bat, you're out of the game. You don't talk back to anybody. You play ball, you have fun, you don't ride anybody. It's old school, and for the love of God, please bring back old school to some things. I'll tell you what. He didn't care if you were the mayor's son or his son. And for, for almost 30 years, he umpired. And I'm telling you what, he ran a good, tight operation in that ballpark. And if he said you were out, if he said you were safe, you're safe. And you know what? I don't know what corrosion got into our culture that we don't want to have any absolutes. 
But I'm telling you, everything is about absolutes. And you need to allow the peace of God to rule in your heart. And for the peace of God to act as umpire continually, settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind. So that's like, do I have peace about buying this, going there, doing this, seeing that, being a part of whatever? Do I have peace? And you need to let that peace. And you say, I don't know if I ever have peace. Well, then you need to fellowship and commune with the Prince of Peace and get that part of you alive again. Okay? And, and uh, we'll be talking more about that in weeks to come. But that is such an important gauge that you've got to watch. And the devil, what does he want to do? We don't need to stop and wait for peace. This is such a great thing. Go do it, do it, do it, do it. Come on, run, run, run. And then you're like, really? Okay. And you go and do something dumb. Can I take a quick informal non-scientific survey? How many of you have ever done something dumb before? Wait, I want to see if it's everybody. <laughs> it's all of us. And how many of you have done some dumb things before because of who you were hanging out with? And you know it, and we end up violating our peace. I can remember times it's like, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be doing this. Why was I there? My friends, come on. It's okay. If you don't come, you're not cool. Okay, I'm coming. (laughs) Which makes you even look less cool. Let me just go ahead and insert this. Cool is not the goal. Okay, just, just throw that out there real quick. All right. Do not violate peace and make sure you slow down and allow for some time. This is huge, and I I pray this comes back to you. The devil pushes you. The devil rushes you. The Holy Spirit of God leads you, and he guides you. And and you know what? If you'll take your time and allow him to be a guide, you're going to make way less errors, a whole lot more errors. And you say, well, this might mean I have to say no to some things and some people. You know what? He'll grace you to do it. He'll grace you to do it. Now, one more tonight. To avoid error, you need to get plenty of light. Did I spell that right? Yeah, okay. Plenty of light. Were you guessing plenty of what? Sleep? (laughs) Who said that? Just a few more minutes, bro. (laughs) plenty of light because if you don't have plenty of light you can't you can't see properly I tell my kids all the time and just about all my kids have been avid readers and I don't like to walk in a room and see them with virtually no light and they're just reading and one of the things and they I'm sure they'll hear me say it in their mind forever eyes run on light and so I'll run over and I'll you know, turn on a light and said, don't do this. You're going to strain these. You know, you need, oh no, I'm fine. I said, yeah, but is this better? Is this better with light? Oh yeah, it is. Okay. I pay for the light. You just use it. Okay. (laughs) Well, we've got to have plenty of light. Just think about this. Driving your car home tonight, you're going to need light. If you're landing an airplane, especially at night, you're going to need 
you're going to need light. If you're filling out an important paper, if you're performing surgery, you'd need light. Let's talk about it real quick. God's light, two things, and I'm just going to introduce these a little bit tonight. Perhaps we'll get into them a little more next week. First of all, his word. And second of all, his presence. Okay, and let's just hit this uh, real quick here. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 105. says, your word. Everybody say, your word. Your word is, watch this, this verse will save your life right here. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Then if I have, and that does not mean, listen to me, that does not mean you just hold your Bible down there. You've got to get the word inside of you and it will, this is a metaphor, we understand this. It, you're going to be able to see. You'll get light and you'll be able to see a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. What does that mean? I'm going to know where to step. I'm going to know which path to take because of the word of God. Without the word of God, then guess what? I won't be able to see where to step. I won't, I won't be able to see what my next step is or where to turn or where to hold up. And then in Psalm 119, verse 130, it says, The entrance of your word, the entrance of, read it with me. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And a lot of times we make errors because we don't have understanding. And the entrance of, the entrance of his words Folks, uh, I'm, I'm going to start a new series, not this Sunday, but you make sure you're here Sunday because we're doing our grand finale here on From the Heart. But I'm starting a series that will probably go seven or eight weeks, except I'll, I'll suspend just a little bit around Easter uh, for um, a series called More Than a Book. And we're going to talk about the Bible in ways that you really have not really thought about the Bible. And my goal is, is by the time we finish that series, every one of you love the Word of God and will not do without the Word of God. I just will not start my day without my daily bread and about having the Word of God. And I cannot tell you the difference, your life, uh, how much different life will be if you just get the entrance of His Word. Get His Word into you. The entrance of His Word gives what? It gives light and it brings understanding to the simple. It's just absolutely so important. Um, watch this in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter to the perfect day. But the way of the wicked is like darkness. Do you see that? The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. People without the light of God in their life and the light of his word, they're stumbling on things. And don't you be their judge. Hear me. Don't you be their judge. See, I'll tell you what their problem is. They don't have the, the Bible like I do. Well, when you act that way, you're showing me you don't have the, the Bible like you need to have it. Because who made us judge of everybody else? Where's the love of God with our doctrinal purity? And yet we don't have love and compassion for people that are stumbling in the dark. They don't even know what they're stumbling over. And that's the hazard of that way. And Paul said, and such were some of you. We were all that at one point. 
stumbling over things. And we didn't know what we were stumbling over. No, life is not working and I'm hurt and, and damage is happening in my life and my family and this and this and this and this. And it's because we can't see where to step. You should have compassion on people like that. And you should be a light to them. We're called to be a light. So what I'm saying is you don't judge other people on this. You just get your tail, if I can say that. Can I? Let's vote on it. All right, I'm in. Good deal. Get your tail, your humble little tail, over in the path of light by getting the word of God on the inside of you and making this priority. I've got to have the word in my life. And you don't have to be some kind of Bible scholar. You just have to get the entrance of the words in it. You come to church, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach you. And there's so many other ways and things to help teach you and help you to see. And I'll tell you what, if you just ask God, God, help me to understand your word. Help me to understand your word. Do you know what? He's saying, I am right here. And he will, he will do that. He'll help you in that. But get in the Proverbs, get in the Gospels, get in the Epistles, get into the Word of God. Find, you know, and there's so many, especially, if, let me just encourage you this, and I don't, I don't get a penny for this, but get you a really good phone. And that doesn't mean one with a really long cord. <laughs> there is more technology and power in a smartphone today than most of the spaceships had going up even to the moon and stuff. This is reality. It's reality. And there are Bible apps that you can have that you just cannot believe what they will do for you. And they just be right there. And you're sitting at the doctor's office or you're on break or you're just whatever. I mean, it is just right there and you can find out what it means and read it in another translation. And most of those are free. Most of those are free. And so, you know, get the word into your life. It will be light. One of the ways to avoid error is get plenty of light. Let me give just one other thing too, and it's the presence of God. Jesus said that he is the light of the world. And he says, there's people in darkness. He said, but I'm the light. And in the book of Revelation, this is powerful. It says that in that city, there's no need for the sun or the moon but the glory of God illuminates the whole city. Let me tell you what the city is, heaven. The glory of God illuminates the whole city and it says this, and the lamb is the light. The lamb of God is the light. You just need God's presence in your life too. Don't just be a Bible reader because if you're just a Bible reader, you end up being a Bible thumper. Get in front of a holy God. Solitude is full of God. Just ask God, God, I just want your presence in my life. I just want to sense your presence. I want to know your nearness. And keep showing up. Just keep showing up morning after morning. Just keep showing up. And, and I've been doing this for decades. And you know what? There's some mornings I don't really feel anything, but I sure know something. And then there's other mornings I don't know what I know because of what I feel. And the presence of God 
He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But the manifest presence of God in your life. Folks, there's nothing more important. There's nothing more important than walking with God and him walking with you and inviting him every day. Fill me. Walk with me. Thank you that you're with me. Bow before a holy God. It's a good thing to do every morning and every night. Bow before a holy God and just tell him, I didn't do, I didn't do it right today, God. I didn't do it perfect. But I thank you that you didn't leave me. Thank you that you're with me. Help me through the night. Help tomorrow to be even better. And you know what? You're going to have light. You're going to have light. And the more of his word and his presence in your life, you know what? You're going to make a whole lot less errors. Will we ever be perfect this side of heaven? No. But you know what? God's doing a wonderful, wonderful thing as you allow him to do it. He doesn't want you to make errors. He has given us what we need so that we don't have to make these kind of errors in our life. And um, I just kind of need to wrap up right there. But did you get anything at all out of this tonight? Thank you, Lord.